This is David Wheaton. The following is a TCW short take, a bite-sized highlight from the Christian Worldview radio program. You can hear the full program at thechristianworldview.org. You've talked about how it's infiltrated broader society, but talk about the monumental effort, the process that has taken place, what has been clearly understood in the Church for centuries, and how remarkable it is that this issue is actually being even considered. You can be a, quote, gay Christian, that Mm -hmm. that's somehow reconcilable within the Church. The roots of this are both older than people realize and younger, in the sense that the history of quote-unquote gay Christianity is really not that long. I mean, it's within my parents' lifetimes. You know, 1955, as far as I can tell, was the first time that a book was published that dealt with with changing the church's thinking on the received traditional interpretation of Scripture on this. And uh, it was a church of an ethicist in the Church of England named Derek Sherwin Bailey. He wrote a book called Homosexuality in the Western Christian Tradition that was basically assessing the way that the church's thinking had influenced Western society and thought, especially on legal matters and how it outlawed sodomy, you know, the sexual action between two males or two women. And how that was just all based on some wrong thinking about the Bible and stuff. So you have an ethicist in the Church of England in 1955 who introduces doubt into the established, well-received interpretation of what the Scripture teaches about this, which is clear when we talk about interpretation, it's not like people were just grabbing random ideas out of thin air. I mean, that's the postmodern approach to it. But the way that people have always done interpretive responses is to what is the author intending to say based on the syntax and the grammar and the words and the language that's being used here, what's trying to be communicated, understanding that there is a clear communication that's trying to take place there. And so that's how people understood the Scripture. But once you introduce doubt, and once you do it through an established leader within the church, now you always have someone you can point to and say, oh, but there's this guy over here who says this, and then that guy becomes two guys, becomes five guys, becomes a hundred different scholars. There's no longer this established position. Now there's doubt that's been introduced within this whole order. When you think about how the first questions of sexuality were first approached within the church context, within the mainline denominations, it was under the question of ordination and whether someone could be ordained as a gay minister or not. And, you know, it kind of took the roundabout backdoor way in to even talking about it because you're talking about, oh, now you're talking about a person and this guy's a nice guy and why can't he be a minister in our church? And are you saying he's bad because he feels this way about himself or he wants to have these kinds of relationships with other men or whatever? And so then it kind of blossomed from there And you have all kinds of things that have come in through this whole kind of ideology as different people have approached it to try and both either justify themselves or justify other people and then use it as kind of a way to enact political change within the church itself. Because there's still ultimately a political goal behind gay Christianity within the church. It isn't just about changing the church's position. It's about getting the church to act as a political entity of the larger LGBTQ plus movement. This has been a short take from the Christian Worldview radio program. To hear the full program and connect with this nonprofit radio ministry, go to thechristianworldview.org. I'm David Wheaton.